Hello and welcome to the My VA Dayton podcast coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk with veterans in the Western Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Lease, your host with co-host Greg Tucker. We have with us today a U.S. Army veteran, Zulma Shrupp. Hi. As a native New Yorker, she served in the U.S. Army for six years as a specialist in the Transportation Corps 88H, stationed at Fort Eustis, Virginia. Zuma did one tour in Iraq and a JLOTS mission to Honduras in 2004. This is where she met her husband of 19 years. Zuma is a proud mother of two children, 11 years old, an 11 year old daughter, and a 17 year old son, and three little doggies, three fur babies. After leaving the service, she went back to school and obtained a Bachelor of Science degree in business administration with a minor in project management and a graduate certification in accounting. Zuma currently works as a GS employee for the Defense Finance and Accounting Service in Columbus, Ohio. She she is also a veterans commissioner for Champaign County, post officer for AMVETS Post 121, and post officer for the American Legion Post 120 in Urbana, Ohio. Zuma comes from a large military family before we get to know a little bit more about you, we are going to put you to the test. Oh, Lord. It's time! That's right. It's time to play Don't Tell Me, I Think I Know That. This is the game where we put our guests to the test of their knowledge of military trivia. A game where listeners can also play along to see if their minds are mired in mounds of military minutia as ours are. Are you ready to take this challenge, Uma? Let's go for it. All right. So here's your first question. When did the Transportation Corps become an official part of the Army? Would it be A, July 31st, 1942, B, April 15th, 1775, C, September 7th, 1884, or D, June 26th, 1905? Now, that's pretty specific. Can you just give me the year? Do you know what year? Um, I'll go with the year 1942. That is correct. The Corps was established in its current form on 31 July 1942 with predecessor services dating back to the American Civil War. Currently headquartered at Fort Lee, Virginia, the officer in charge of the branch for doctrine, training, and professional development purposes is the chief of transportation and commandant of the U.S. Army Transportation School. The Corps' motto is, nothing happens until something moves. Okay, so here is your second question. What branch does the Transportation Corps fall under? Would it be A, the Cavalry, B, Combat Support, C, Taxi Service, or D, Regional Transit Authority? Oh, this is an easy one, Combat Support. That is correct. The Transportation Corps is a combat service support branch of the U.S. Army. It is responsible for the movement of personnel and military by truck, rail, air, and sea. It is one of the three U.S. Army logistic branches, the other being the Quartermaster Corps and the Ordnance Corps. Now, you're doing fantastic. You got two for two. Let's see if you can make it three out of three. All right. Okay. During which war did the Transportation Corps expand its capability? Would it be A, the Korean War, B, World War II, C, the Vietnam War, or D, the Cold War? I believe is the Vietnam War. 
You've got three for three. <laughs> Terrific. Yes, the Vietnam War saw the most diversified assortment of transportation units ever assembled. For over a decade, the Transportation Corps provided continuous support for American and Allied forces through an unimproved tropical environment using watercraft, amphibious, motor trucks, and Transportation Corps aircraft. The enemy threat to convoys required a unique solution, gun trucks. Mm -hmm. So Greg, what has Zuma won for playing our game today? For answering all those questions correctly, we have a set of four Dayton VA Industrial Strength Chip Clips designed by NASA's aerospace engineers to keep your chips crisp on your next stellar space journey or wherever you may be traveling in the near future. All compliments of the Dayton VA. Well, congratulations. You did fantastic. Three out of three. Uh, we're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll hear more from Zulma about her military service and civilian career. I was in the military. I didn't know that when I left, I was eligible for health care through the VA. I thought you had to be disabled or been wounded. Another vet told me I should check it out. Now I have the care I need at the Dayton VA. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. Call 937-268-6511 extension 2159 to enroll or visit dayton.va.gov. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you're having a tough time or thinking about suicide, you're not alone. And there's hope. VA's Veterans Crisis Line has responders who listen and help. Many are veterans or have veteran family members and friends, so they're prepared to address your challenges. Don't wait. Dial 988, then press 1. So, Zuma, you're not a native Ohioan. You're from New York? Correct. Um, what part of New York? Queens, New York. Oh, wow. Right there in the heart of things, huh? Oh, yes. So, how did you end up in Ohio? So, my husband, he's originally from Urbana, Ohio. And, of course, after I got out and he retired from the military, um, we kind of looked at the logistics of where it would be feasible <laughs> to raise a family. And, you know, of course, New York, I love my city. It's just too expensive. So sure. Ohio was, you know, more economical reason. Yes, cost of living <laughs> here is great compared to either coast. So yes, yes. But I still go back from time to time because my mom lives over there. So we still go back and I still have my New York pizza. <laughs> All right. Plus your accent. Oh, uh, yes. A little bit of an accent, yes. So what is a good New York pizza? What is that like? I mean, I'm okay, I'm from Illinois and I think of Chicago and deep dish pizza. Oh, no. Not I know, mom. exactly. Everyone, everyone's got their <laughs> pizza. So what I always say is the Hudson River <laughs> that makes the pizza uh, <laughs> is the water. Um, but you take that big pie, and as long as you're able to bend it down the middle and all that grease just dripping down, <laughs> oh, my God. But the point has to stay up. The yes. point can't – if the point goes down when when, okay. when, when you cry, uh, cut that pie, uh, slice in half, and it just kind of, like, limps down, that's not a good pizza. It has uh, to stay okay. pointing up. So you're you're a real thin crust, crispy crust pizza lover. Oh yes. Okay, and that's that's what New York pizza is, right? Yes. Oh my okay. God, it's just heaven on a pie. <laughs> <laughs> 
So how long have you been here in Ohio? Oh, my. Um, We've been in and out of Ohio since 2005. Um, I got out of the military. Um, I When, when I got pregnant with my first child, um, I was kind of scared. So I kind of got out. Um, so we moved back to Urbana. I think we lasted maybe six months because my husband just got out of the Navy. And he went to factory job, and we both looked at each other. We're like, this is not for us. We need to go back in. So within less than a year of us being discharged, we actually re-enlisted back. Both of you? Yes. Uh-huh. He did it first, um, and then I, I, I was like, he can't have all the fun now. I have to have some fun. And and so he, so the Navy wasn't taking prior service at that time, so he enlisted to the U.S. Army, the best branch, by the way. And so he got smart. And so he enlisted in the Army, and I kind of went back home to take care of my dad for a little bit. And then um, I joined back up again, and we both got stationed at Fort Houston again. So, so what was your motivation on initially joining your first two so my sister had joined and my my sister is very flimsy she's very girly girly you know with the long nails and everything <laughs> and and then you know of course 9 11 i was in high school when that happened and i just i just seen that and then of course my sister got um she was stationed at fort riley and there was there was already getting ready to deploy like two days after that happened, there was getting ready to be shipped out. And then I just kind of looked back and was like, I need to be a part of that. I, I need to do something for my country and be there for my sister. And so I went to my recruiter um, and I joined up. So I, I, I actually joined up senior year um, and I, I was going through the MEPS. And it was like around Christmas time, and it's like I I just couldn't pee on the spot, because <laughs> you know they 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 have to watch you when you pee, yes, and I couldn't even pee, and I drank so much water that I just threw up, so I had to go back, but I threw up so much, and then I had wound up having something, and I was actually underweight. I joined at ninety four pounds, so I kind of needed a waiver, and and so when I joined up, it it, it, it was kind of crazy, but. <laughs> Yeah, and so I was calling my sisters like, hey, what job should I take? Which is good? And she was like, just go with the transportation. They're good. So that's how I got when when they told me what job to pick, I told them, and there we go. Funny part about my whole initial enlistment was that when I took my ASRAP, I, it was in high school, but I had a softball game that day because I'm a big softball player. And so I didn't even finish my ASRAP <laughs> because at that point I didn't think I was going in. And so, yeah, so every, you know, everything happens for a reason. What do you, what did you take away? What was your most memorable experience with the, with the military? Oh, I had too many. <laughs> Best one was I was in the field. We was doing field op um, and my cat, the maintenance platoon took our captain like hostage and duct taped him from the tree <laughs> and 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 I'm on the radio and I you know it's my first field op I didn't know what what I was doing and I'm like uh saying all the wrong things and my LT comes in and she he was like at that time my last name was Martinez he was like Martinez stay away from the radio because nobody because <laughs> nobody understood what I was saying because my accent was really really strong and then I'm also Latina so it was like I was getting everything all screwed up and nobody understood me but I had to say that was the best memorable thing that that duct tape to a tree now that's a new one i've never heard of of, uh, duct taping a captive to a tree that's 
Oh, he was a good sport. <laughs> he yeah, just he be. just laughed and laughed, and then afterwards <laughs> he made the whole company do push-ups. <laughs> Uh-oh. So I have a question for you. You mentioned an acronym, yes. uh, and that was JLOT. What does that stand for? JLOT means Joint Logistics Over Terrain. And what it is is a mission, um, usually some, sometimes it's humanitarian mission. But it has all the branches come together, and we work as a team. So my, my JLOT's mission was in Honduras in 2004. And we had the Marines, the Navy, um, the Air Force, and the Army. And we had two, two locations in, in Honduras. There was a really good one, you know, almost towards the airfield, which was near the capital. And then there was me, where it was in BFE, right next to uh, the Dole plant. Uh, you know, I had a tent. The other team had, you know, five-star hotel. And with, with the Air Force guys were in the hotel, right? <laughs> well, part of my Army guys, too, oh, okay. <laughs> which I was jealous. But it's... But it's okay because you know what? I was able to sit by the beach during the day and work at night. So, oh. so we had a uh, we had a flicker tail uh, merchant marine ship because we worked with them too. And our mission was to take the connexes off the merchant marine ship and bring it onto shore, and then just kind of kind of distribute it going back to the airfield. But in the meantime, in those connexes and stuff, there was you know supplies for the Hondarians people and and go on but it, but it was fun because that's where I met my husband I was about to say <laughs> so yeah I, he was my my Mike 8 boat driver okay and throughout of friends and stuff playing dominoes in our leisure time I was introduced to him and I met there so I was okay. then well wow sounds like a fascinating story we'll pick up on that and after you got out of the military, uh, we'll talk about your transition to the civilian sector after this break. Sure. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. If you were exposed to toxic substances while serving in the military, a new law called the PACT Act may make you eligible for additional benefits and care. The PACT Act benefits veterans of the Vietnam era, Gulf War era, and post 9-11 era who were exposed to toxic fumes, burn pits, Agent Orange, radiation, and other environmental hazards. Survivors of toxic exposed veterans and veterans who served in specific countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Southwest Asia are also potentially eligible. Learn more about the PACT Act by going to va.gov pact or by calling 1-800-MY-VA-411. We at VA are here for you and we're ready to get you the care and benefits you've earned and deserve. I'm Mike Richmond. And we're back with U.S. Army veteran Zuma Shrub. So that is a really unique name. Is that a family name or is it? Uh... No. Um, so my mom, she's from Puerto Rico and she had two best friends. And during her schooling and one of them her name was Zuma and the other one was Rebecca and so she I guess she made a promise to herself that she would name her children after her best friends so the oldest one with this Rebecca and I'm Zuma and it's, it's weird because when I was little I hated that name like because everybody made fun of me and then when I was 18 I was like you know what that's a unique thing. I mm-hmm. like it. I'm not going to change it. 
but but it's so weird like i said everybody butchers it my husband when he was in the navy his navy friends used to call me zima like the beer (laughs) (laughs) well that's that says where their heads were and then my my uh, my husband's grandmother she used to call me zelma like the game like the Nintendo game Zelma, mm-hmm. Zelda, I mean, and so, so yeah, so I, I'm I'm used to it. And then so <laughs> even your grandmother mispronounced your yeah. name. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you pretty much answer to anything then. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, 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 when you're in the military, everybody goes by your last name. Sure. So my maiden name is Martinez, but my married name is Shrub. Well, they all had troubles pronouncing my married last name. So because I was short. They used to call me shrimp. Yeah, everybody has their nicknames in the military with their with their pals and buds. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So after your tour in the military and your transition mm-hmm. out of the military, tell us about that. So after after I got out, I, I moved back here to Ohio because my husband, he was actually getting ready to deploy to Afghanistan. And so it was it was kind of very depressing, actually. Um, I did, I went and I went to my local VSO officer who got me into to do my claim and all the other services. So I went through him, got my appointments and stuff, but it was still like, I still felt a void. And for, uh, for many years, I've felt that word. Like I felt like Man, I let my brothers and sisters down, like, you know. Well, because I was a mom, you know, of course that takes precedence. But at the same time, um, I took resentment out of my child. I'm like, I, I love my son. He's 17, and he's about to graduate high school, which is awesome. But during that, he was maybe about three and four and I was okay when I was still living on post because I still felt like I was still part of a team kind of sort of because I would see all my friends and I understood what they was going through. And But when I left Virginia to come back here, like I said, I felt I went into this deep depression, bad depression. Um, and and I knew something something wasn't right with me. Like I said, I felt like I disappointed a lot of people, especially my dad, um, and I just, I just felt like, man, it's like you know when when you're on a on a team and they kick you out or you just had to leave because of an injury, and you just felt like, man, I could do so much more. I'm still young. I could do so much more. And of course, me and my husband, we compete a lot, especially when we was both in the military. And now it's just him in the military. And so I just, I felt lost. After a couple months, um, I had to seek help. It was a dark spot for me. And it took me a very long time to get out of that. But now, now, now I'm okay. But I had to seek that help. I had to go to mental health to, to in order to get back to where is me again. Not something that I feel regret. Um or that I fail. Okay. Now, after you had gotten the help and you got back on track, then that's when you started going to school and um it was in between the help. Okay. Um when my husband got back from Afghanistan, um we kind of I had to move back to Virginia. Um 
And then uh, he got hurt. He was medevaced from Afghanistan. So that kind of took my mind to a different direction because I had to help him. I was going down and I was contemplating suicide and I went to the VA. Um, at the, like I said, that time I wasn't near the Columbus VA, so I went there and I told them what was going on and I was, I seeked help from, from there, which kind of helped me and kind of bring me back to like, okay, you know, what I'm doing is not right. Right, and that's, that's uh, you know, we hear that occasionally uh, from folks uh, that, that are struggling uh, with those issues that they, you know, they're contemplating suicide or harming themselves in another way or, or uh, just, they just get down. And a lot, yeah. of, a lot of veterans, especially if it's from uh, uh, PTSD or some other kind of stress from military life, which yours was because you have a husband who was suffering mm-hmm. and, and then thinking about divorce and, and military families uh, a lot of people don't really always think about the the stress that goes on with the rest of the family members exactly yes yeah. yes and I, and I totally agree I'm like I've looked at programs through the village uh, VA and yeah. just outside the VA and they don't really I'm like which is awesome that they focus on the veteran and PTSD on that aspect but they also don't realize that that's like a spillage, you know? Mm-hmm. It goes on to the spouse and children, and especially if that spouse has not been in the military or wasn't even in, like, the military life. Right. They don't understand. Yeah. I have a, quite a few friends of mine whose marriage or relationship deteriorated because they're civilian. They don't understand our lingo. They don't understand Absolutely. our mindset and, and and what it goes through. Mm-hmm. So to them, they feel like they're being attacked or it's too much to handle. And I think, you know, we need something for them. Absolutely. And you know what there is, actually? Um, we our listeners of, of this program might be familiar with uh, the number that we've talked about in the past, which is the uh, the toll-free number. The, actually, it's a new number now, mm-hmm. 988. All you have to do is press 988, and it will take you to a hotline. And and the great thing about that is, is that I think when you go to, to 988, you press 1, you're actually going to... Uh, the veterans hotline oh, really? and it's not just for veterans it's for anyone who has that experience with the military to include mm-hmm. spouses family members um, or even family members that know of someone else in crisis uh, within within their circle mm-hmm. and and they can talk to them and it's it's as we talked earlier about how the military is unique it's yes. not the same as the civilian world and mm-hmm. there are all kinds of other pressures and can and situations that put people in in crisis mm-hmm. and there you can talk to other veterans or somebody who at least understands what veterans go through and the challenges they face yes. uh, so uh, we encourage anyone who is in crisis or knows of someone in crisis that they call 988 uh, for for assistance Oh, wow, I, I didn't even know about that that number. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think that's, I mean, in the military crisis line has been there for a long time, but this is a new number okay. to it in a slightly new capability. So That's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, you 
you came back to Ohio, you had your challenges, uh, but you also started a new career in federal service, right? Yes, um, uh, I'm an accounting technician with uh, with DFAS, which is awesome because for like about 15 years, I've been nonstop trying to apply to get into the GS. Yeah, um, what, what so, is DFAS? Uh, Department of Financial Accounting Services. Okay. So, um, which is great because I, I get to work from home, so that's even <laughs> better. That's a plus. But it's so hard. But in that sense, I, I feel like I'm back to being a part of the military in a minute sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> you work with a lot of veteran organizations also. Yes. I am a post officer, like like they mentioned, um, for AMVETS in Iran and American Legion. Um, and it's weird because I never knew of these places. I'm like, I knew when you get out of the military, they tell you about all these services. You know, mm-hmm. they tell you about go to your re- uh, your local veteran service officer to do your claims and stuff. Or you could um, indicate, you know, the VFW, AMVETS, American Legion, DAV as your POA um, for your claims and stuff. But they never tell you that they actually, there's like a clubhouse <laughs> or a canteen. <laughs> That's right. I never knew that. It's They're great fraternal, military fraternal organizations. Yes. Absolutely. And and so my, my actually my father in law was the one that brought us into AMVETS because they had you know they 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 play cards on a lesion mm-hmm. and so I'm a vivid poker player <laughs> <laughs> and so we went in there and played poker and I was like oh wow this is pretty cool and so I met a couple of girls there during COVID this all happened during COVID that I met and became friends, and they offered me a job there as a bartender. I didn't know anything about bartending. And so I was like, yeah, sure, why not? It's during, you know, COVID just finished, and I, I was still trying to get myself in the GS position. And so it was fun. It was super fun yeah. listening to all their stories. And stuff, I'm like, yes, it's an older generation. You know, a lot of them was from Vietnam mm-hmm. or the Korean War. Um, but just listening to them, I I felt at, at home again, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. That's, you know, those, those, those military fraternal organizations, that's where a lot of people go. Because, uh, as you said before, you know, you left the military. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you felt like you were out of the loop. Yes. And when people retire... A lot of people have that challenge of, okay, well, I don't have that connection anymore. I'm no longer part of the brother or sisterhood mm-hmm. of the military. But you go to an American Legion or a VFW or, or AMVETS or other fraternal organizations such as, as those, that is where you, you find that connection again. Everyone, yes. you can relate to everyone in the house because Ex- they're all in, the, they've all been in the military. They've all had similar, yes. similar circumstances and experiences. Yes, that is so true. And I consider those two posts as my family now. Um, but and, and I and, and I try to help as much as possible because some of some of the veterans that come into the canteen, um, they don't understand the paperwork like to get C M P or mm-hmm. you know, even going to the day in VA right. or, you know, any VA hospital for certain 
illnesses that they might have. So they're seeking outside help for this. Sure, absolutely. Which I, I keep telling them, like, just put it in. I'm like, what's the worst thing that they, the VA is going to tell you? Well, it's not service connected or right. I get 0%. That 0%, it means a whole lot. And you should put down that because right. they, you know, just like they just passed the pack that to backdate a lot of, you know, the Vietnam for the Agent Orange and, and, and other stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're just not realizing that some of the stuff that people are going through now, it's a long time effect from their service. So I try to help them and try to get the information or guide them at least to the right area so they can get it. Like our older, our older veterans, <laughs> they're not computer savvy as the younger veterans. But at the same time, you know, that's why we're here. Like once you raise that right hand, doesn't matter if you're from California, Hawaii, or Guam, or if you were stationed on the East or West Coast. We're all brothers and sisters at the end of the day, and we have to have each other's back. Absolutely. So that's the model that I go yeah. go by. <laughs> and even online, um, you know, uh, I'm on social media, and I have a lot of friends that I still connect with through there. And when once having a problem, we all try to chip in, you know, one shape or form. And being involved with the military um canteens around in Ohio, I found a longtime battle buddy that I was serving in, and she lives in northern Ohio, and she's doing the same thing that I'm doing. And the awesome thing about her is she developed the one-too-many movement through AMVETS. And the one-too-many movement is in gearing suicide, because one-too-many is way too much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about suicide, but uh, one thing we haven't really elaborated mm-hmm. on is the PACT Act. Uh, yes. you were You were talking about how you actually, uh, through your uh, commissioner service and your and your involvement with the fraternal organizations, that um, it, it really is one of those places where veterans are hearing first about the PACT Act. And for those listeners who aren't aware of what the PACT Act is, that's the promise to address Comprehensive Toxins mm-hmm. Act that the president signed into law last August uh, and is expanding veteran health care and benefits uh, to more than six million veterans yes uh, so it is the, it's the biggest expansion uh, to VA, VA benefits since World War two actually and and it's great because like myself um, I have asthma and uh, sleep apnea and you know of course you know they kind of the VA always try to trace back to see if it's like mm-hmm. hit every territory or did you have it before. I you know nobody in my side had it, but they realized that because I was in Iraq and there was so much toxins and the burn pits and you know all that right. air was Absolutely. not great. So, um, you know I, I used to get these coughing spells. Came out of nowhere. I could be sitting in my couch watching TV. Then bam, I start coughing for no reason. And at first, I was like, oh, you know, it's nothing. It's probably just allergies. But then it kept going, going, going. So I went to the VA, and I told them. And this is before the pact that was signed. Mm-hmm. And so, I, of course, you know, I did all the stuff that they told me to do. And then the pact that came along. And so they kind of hold my claim back and until it got signed in. And, and, again, I had to go all through that, that testing again. 
but they realized that what I was suffering, it was a result of, you know, when I was in Iraq. Um, but there's other items, like I have IBS, and it was, you know, there's days where it's like, if I'm driving, it hits, and I'm like, oh my God, I, I feel like I'm gonna get into right. an accident. Yeah. But Where's they the also, next gas station? <laughs> yeah, but they also trace that back to Iraq, and but this, all these symptoms happened about years after I left the military, mm-hmm. and they started realizing, well, a lot of people are finding these effects after the military because their bodies are not the same anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're doing different things, you're eating different different things now and because your body i would say is more relaxed i guess or you're more laid back than to being in the service the the body and the you know i guess the dna is now releasing all of that to be like hey there's something wrong with you right absolutely (laughs) and 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 how i put i'm like these are party favors from (laughs) leaving the military (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a that's a way of putting but uh uh, zoma do you think or in your opinion Mm -hmm. there's a lot of veterans who are not and, and they're doing what you initially did and that was that they're suffering and they're saying, oh, dismissing it. Suffering oh. in silence quite often. Yeah. Uh, yes, I totally agree. There's too many veterans out there that, because of their pride or ego, especially, no offense, but especially the males. Sure. <laughs> I have yeah. seen it that, especially the younger ones, they're like, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, this this shall pass. Mm-hmm. You know, let me take a drink of water and, and go on my merry way. And it's, like I said, it's, I think it's more of a pride. Like, they don't want to accept, like, man, you know, this yes, is going that's, on That's with a common me. thread we hear about the, the pride or or the fact that the military makes us very self-reliant yes. or, or uh, teaches us not to, I don't want to say complain, or, or but to dwell on, on negative issues and so forth and just suck it up, buttercup, and just I, push through. I totally agree because when I was in... Um, right after basic training, I had stress fractures on my back and my hip and pelvic bone. And I went to AIT, and I just, you know, I would go and go to the doctor, and they're like, well, drink water and ibuprofen, 800 milligrams ibuprofen. Take an aspirin and call me in the morning. <laughs> and, 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 and then when I went to permanent party, they had me on crutches because I couldn't put anyway. But then I had... Um, what you say, like, I had the eyes all on me, kind of like, oh, look at this brand new soldier. She has a, a profile already. Right. She, she She's going to be one of those. And so I kind of had to be like, okay, do I want to be one of those or do I want to shut these guys up? And so I went and I shut these guys up, which in the long run, it hurted me. Absolutely. But being female, being short and all these other things, and being with a whole bunch of guys, you know, I had to show them who's boss. So which, and at the end of the day, now that I'm older, I'm suffering. Right. But we being- know actually, actually that um, that brings me to another thing that we probably need to talk about is mm-hmm. that with with the Pact Act and people suffering, such yes. as you, um, 
they may not be aware of the PACT Act. Um, uh, we're, we're trying to get the word out about that. But any of, any of your listeners who um, hear about this now, uh, they, they may ask, well, where do I go? And I would say, first and foremost, if you have questions about the PACT Act and the conditions uh, that you are uh, suffering from, go to www.va.gov PACT. There you will find a list of presumptive conditions mm-hmm. and areas of operations, theaters of operations, that would qualify you for care through the, and benefits through the yes. PACT Act. Um, uh, the big difference with the PACT Act uh, is that while we've had some presumptive conditions, generally speaking, if you needed to get uh, care or benefits through the VA, you had to prove that the condition that you were suffering from was actually connected to yes. your military service. You had to have some kind of documentation in your in your um, medical record medical records or or something that says okay I can actually say there's a definite direct correlation mm-hmm. between what what my condition is right now and and how I obtained that through military mm-hmm. service that's the big difference now they are presumptive conditions if you have that condition and you were in the theater of operation you are presumed it is presumed that you uh, contracted that um, that condition through your military service. Yes. You don't have to prove it. So like you were saying, years later, all of a sudden I find out I have hypertension or that I have IBS or that I have all these other mm-hmm. issues that now um, they can actually say, well, okay, it's on the list of presumptive conditions. We're going to qualify you uh, and, and get your claim through and provide you with benefits or health care mm-hmm. to to um, take care of, of this. and. And again, there's so many veterans out there who are too proud uh, or not aware or um, just don't even want to, to act on this because I've already got medical care. I don't need yeah. that. Uh, or, or, or they feel like they're taking away from the older generation. Oh, and that's the other thing. that and, 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 and I totally get it, you know, because, you know, if you're 30 years old, get fresh out of the military, you know, you think you're, you know, Queen B or Queen King B and 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 you, you can go but at the same time it was yes you volunteer to sign up raise your right hand kind of give your body away <laughs> in, 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 in a sense but you should be compensated at the same time because you did that sacrifice absolutely you, you know because I'm pretty sure that if you was 20 years old back then and you didn't join the military you wouldn't have done or experienced half of the things that you would have but you did and you know I'm not saying you know it's a money maker or, or whatever but at the same time your body is the most important thing you you can't help somebody else if you can't fix yourself at the same time so you know everybody needs to go and and a and apply and submit their claim and get that help not if anything think about your children or their grandchildren you want to be there for them but you can't do that if you're gonna sit there and suffer in silence right absolutely so we're going to take another quick break here Uh, when we come back we'll hear more from our uh, u.s army veteran zuma shrub Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. 
Every day, hundreds of people just like you volunteer to help our veterans. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make our veterans know how much we appreciate their service. What will you do? The Dayton VA changed my life. There was a time I was jobless and homeless, didn't know where to turn for help. I felt like there was no hope for me. Then I learned about the Dayton VA. They helped me find the help I needed to get back on track. I received support, got a job, found a place to live. I got my life back. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. And we're back with Army veteran Zulma Shrub. Uh, so tell us, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, your experience with the Dayton VA already, but um, how, how did you get involved with uh, going to the VA? You said you started going in Columbus? Yes, I started going in Columbus. I've... I've been to too many VAs. <laughs> oh, moving in and out of Ohio. Sure. Um, so I've been to the Columbus VA. I've been to Hampton, Virginia, Durham VA, and the Dayton VA. Um, but yeah, I've sometimes I'll have like an appointment here at the Dayton, or sometimes I have it at the Columbus right. because you know I, I live right in the middle. Mm-hmm. So which which is great because sometimes Columbus might not have it, but they in my right. habit. And and it's better than go because when I lived in North Carolina, I would have to go like to the outsources, mm-hmm. um, like the little clinics which have the bare minimum services compared to an actual hospital. I, I prefer the actual hospital. But they the VA hospital in itself, they have it where they could accommodate your preference. Sure. Which absolutely. is which is nice compared to the civilian you know, medical right. insurances and doctors mm-hmm. and stuff. Sometimes you have to go to in-network or if you go to out-network, you have co-payments and stuff. So right. it's great. But all at the same time, the VA has it where you can yeah. also outsource it. Right. And they yeah. pay for yeah, it. Yeah, the VA has, um, you know, it had like the VA hospitals themselves, the medical centers have, have uh, larger regions of, of many, many counties. Uh, but uh, they might have uh, VA clinics on the out, outreaches yes. of those. Uh, which is very convenient. You say, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not the full service of the medical center. Uh, certainly isn't. Mm-hmm. However, if you just need to see a doc, if you need the emergency uh, care, mm-hmm. uh, if it's just a routine appointment, um, it, that's a great convenience for a lot of people because, yes. uh, you know, uh, there, there are so many people out there who say, oh, my gosh, the Dayton VA, I live up in Lima. Why would I want to go all the way to Dayton? I have to get my, you know, my, my passport updated to get to Dayton. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah uh, they, um, that, that's a great convenience uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of folks that, you know, for the, for the Dayton VA, there are uh, VA clinics in Lima, Richmond, Middletown, and Springfield mm-hmm. so that people don't have to come in all the way to Dayton for, for routine care. Yes. Let's talk about the women's clinic. Mm-hmm. Would you care to share your experiences utilizing the women's clinic? Oh, the women's clinic is wonderful because it's like your primary clinic. Like you don't have to have a primary doctor and like a gynecologist, you know what I mean? You have like a jack of all trades at the women's clinic, which I actually like. Um, So, and then plus it's kind of private in in a sense, like, um, so it gives you that 
one-on-one -on -one kind of privacy, you know, and it's all women that work there. So if you have something to say, you know, it's not looked down upon. I'm like compared to like having like a male nurse there and you're like kind of timid like, oh, you know, when was like your first menstruation period? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, right. That's that's something that not <laughs> all women are, are comfortable talking uh -huh. to yes. about a man. And yes, every women's clinic, uh, even even at not just the medical centers, but we have women's clinics at those regional uh, VA clinics, mm -hmm. the, the community based outpatient clinics. They all have private entrances, mm -hmm. and it is that uh, that atmosphere that you can go in and and not feel intimidated or threatened uh, because yes. even though it's never it's never intentional, it might be perceived as such. So mm -hmm. um, that that's why we have that. Just as just as the VA overall is that special place that veterans can go to, they walk through the door and say, oh, I'm home. It's the military again. <laughs> yeah. It's very similar for the women's clinic. Yes. yes, I can go in and it's it's just for me. It's just for talking to people who understand right. my special needs. Yes. And the other thing that I like about the women's clinic, not only that it's like closed off, but I know when my kids were a lot younger, I had to bring them sometimes because I couldn't find daycare. And they have, like, little books and, like, a little activity center for them. So even when I went back to, uh, you know, to go see the doctor, I could, I, I was comfortable enough to leave them out in the waiting room, mm -hmm. and they wasn't going to wander off. And the nurses have been great. You know, those, you know, sometimes they'll tell me, oh, I'll just watch them. So it is, they understand as a mom. And as a, you know, some of them are veterans, so they understand. Sometimes it's hard to jiggle both <laughs> lives. It's so, so that's the other plus thing that I actually do enjoy about the women's clinic. And let's say if I do have, a, like, a situational issue, sometimes I don't have to have an appointment. I can just go up into the women's clinic and just tell them, like, hey, you know, I need to talk to a nurse, blah, blah, blah. And depending on what it is, they saw me right away. Or they'll tell me, well, just wait here. You know, let's see what we can do. So, it's, like I said, it's more of a one-on-one -on -one relationship with the nurses and doctors um, than it is compared to the primary. Um, right now, I don't need to go see the women's you know, I don't have <laughs> to be part of the women's clinic. Um, so I have primary care, and I see the difference. Uh -huh. the, the different atmosphere and the different kind of doctors because in the primary care is like I feel like my doctor is always changing like every year <laughs> uh -huh. you know and then the women's clinic I always saw that one doctor uh -huh. so you know it's, of course it's a preference so Zuma with some of the females that are uh, female veterans uh -huh. who are out there on the fence or who have not Initiated or enrolled, as far as in VA healthcare, um, what would you advise them, or what would you say to them if you had an opportunity to? I would tell them definitely, definitely go check it out. I'm like, what's the worst thing that it can happen that that you feel uncomfortable, you don't like them, but at least you try to utilize the women's clinic and utilize. It at the VA because there is a lot of female issues um, 
that has been affected for being overseas. Myself included, um, I had an issue, and it was a direct link to being in Iraq. The same thing with my sister. She had an issue that was direct linked to Iraq, and they kind of understood, and they didn't. They didn't prolong it, if, if that makes sense. Um, compared to maybe if you would have went to a civilian, they would have tried to trace it back or do more stuff, and then in the long run will hurt you. So I was grateful for that. Like, okay, they they saw it, they pin they pinpointed. And they took care of me. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And that's what I would tell, especially if you've been overseas or, you know, a female in the Navy that's been on a ship um, or an airman that's been on the runway, you know, all their military career, all that toxins, all that fume, it hurts our reproductive system in one shape or form. Because sometimes you can't go to the bathroom. You, you know, when you need to go to bed. So you're holding that in. And as a female, that's a bad thing. Or, you know, if you're out in the field and there's not a shower, you know, sometimes we couldn't shower for days. You know, we had to take uh, the bird bath. <laughs> but that's not enough for, for our, our systems are very sensitive. And so I would definitely, they understand that. At the VA Women's Clinic, they understand the what we endure and so definitely go go try them out you know try them out one appointment if you don't like it okay but with experience that experience absolutely uh don't uh don't don't miss that opportunity it it's uh benefits that you have earned yes. and they're unique benefits uh, that that serve our veteran community uh, so, yes, uh, great advice. Uh, we definitely encourage all veterans yes. uh, to seek the benefits they've earned. And, and I, sorry, I do want to point out one thing about uh, enduring the PAC Act. There's, they're starting to find out that some of the, in the reproductive system for the females is actually connected to, like I said, being overseas, but it's also being involved with, they're trying to, from what I heard, that they was trying to get that into the PACT Act, and even some things are already in the PACT Act. Yeah, actually, uh, while the PACT Act was signed into to law back in August, it has been developing and will continue to develop. Mm -hmm. There's, there are there are always changes to uh, the, I shouldn't say there are always changes, but there are continuing changes uh, to the PACT Act and expanding uh, opportunities for veterans to take advantage of of that legislation and, and uh, start receiving benefits. So, yes. uh, yeah, again, great Especially advice. Especially for females. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, great advice, Uma. We really appreciate uh, uh, you sharing that with us and, and telling uh, female veterans and, and all veterans to, uh, to get out there and uh, not waste that opportunity. No, no one should give up options. Yes. And just even if you've got health care somewhere else, even if you don't, think you need it now or might need it in the future you don't want to you don't want to waste that opportunity you don't want to yeah. waste uh, or, or give up those options mm -hmm. uh, because the what's the worst thing they can do is say well okay there, there's nothing we can do for you but that would be the same in the civilian world yeah so uh, so don't 
don't waste that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I want to thank you very much. So we've been talking to Army veteran Zuma Shrub. You know, we really, truly enjoyed hearing your <laughs> stories today. Fantastic. Oh, uh, I appreciate Fantastic conversation it. we had with you today. And thanks again for sharing your time with us today. Oh, I, I appreciate being uh, here with you guys. It's been my pleasure and hope to be back again. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Our veterans put everything on the line to protect our freedom. We may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. Every day, hundreds of people just like you volunteer to help our veterans. You can help by simply sharing your time, lending a warm smile, a supportive hand, or a sympathetic ear to someone who needs it. Everyone can do something to make our veterans know how much we appreciate their service. What will you do? The Dayton VA changed my life. There was a time I was jobless and homeless, didn't know where to turn for help. I felt like there was no hope for me. Then I learned about the Dayton VA. They helped me find the help I needed to get back on track. I received support, got a job, found a place to live. I got my life back. Don't wait another day to see how the VA may help you. I'm a vet and it's my VA. Make it your VA today. To enroll, call 937-268-6511, extension 5336, or visit dayton.va.gov. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Veteran service organizations, often known as VSOs, offer many services for veterans and their families. To learn more, go to va.gov. We want to say thanks again to our special guests for taking time today to share their story. We truly enjoy hearing stories from veterans from across the region and learning more about how they found care through the Dayton VA Medical Center. And as always, we want to thank our listeners for joining us and remind them if they are a veteran and are not enrolled, to enroll with the Veterans Health Administration to receive health care benefits through the Dayton VA Medical Center. It's easy and it doesn't cost a thing. You just need to be a veteran. The simplest way to start enrollment is to call our Enrollment and Eligibility Office at 937-268-6511, extension 4105. They can schedule an appointment for you to come to the Dayton campus or help make an appointment at one of the surrounding community-based outpatient clinics located at Springfield, Richmond, Lima, and Middletown. Again, that number is 937 937- 268-6511, extension 4105. Veterans may also enroll by visiting www.choose.va.gov health. While there, you can choose from applying online or by phone or by mail. It's just that simple, really. As I said before, it doesn't cost a thing to apply. So what are you waiting for? Call us today or if you know of a veteran who is not enrolled, have them call to start taking advantage of this benefit. If you're a veteran, it's your VA. Sign up today. Join us again for another episode of My VA Dayton with the Dayton VA Medical Center. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of each month. I'm Scott Lease with your co-host, Greg Tucker. Thanks again for listening to My VA Dayton. <laughs>